attentive. God is wonderful among his saints. Bless God in all the congregations. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us be attentive. Brethren, all the saints through the faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stepped the mouths of lions, quenched raging, raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release. They might, ri- they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were killed with the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, through well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfection of our faith. Peace be to you, the reader. Peace be to you all. And your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. said to his disciples, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him before my Father who is in heaven. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Then Peter said in reply, Lo, we have left everything and followed you. What then shall we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man shall sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my namesake will receive a hundredfold 
inherit eternal life. But many that are first will be last, and the last first. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The epistle to the Hebrews, from which we just heard a little bit from, which repeatedly speaks of Christian worship in these terms. St. Paul always says things like to approach, or entrance, or drawing near to God. He describes this worship as we could say even a complex liturgical gathering. To quote from this beautiful book, But you have come, you have approached, to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. That is to say, when the Christian comes to God, he doesn't come simply one-on-one. He approaches also the company of the angels and of the saints. Although the bodies of the departed saints are elsewhere described as sleeping, such as 1 Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians, their spirits are very, very much alive and alert. Indeed, they are already made perfect, even though they still await the complete glorification of their bodies at the general resurrection when the Lord returns. The departed saints are certainly not dead because those who believe in Christ will never die as our Lord emphatically states in the Gospel of John. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus also clearly told us that God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. The departed saints did not simply live a long time ago, and now they are simply gone. This is absolutely untrue. They are still very much alive, standing in worship with the angels before God's throne, even invisibly present here with us, especially at the gathering of the liturgy. And that is why in the mediation of Christ and through his blood, we may join them in worship, join this great cloud of witnesses 
which really surrounds us. And the holiness of the saints is also still very much with us, most especially through their holy relics, their grace-bearing remains. An ancient father of the church, Cyril of Jerusalem, 4th century, tells us this, Though the soul is not present, a power resides in the bodies of the saints because of the righteous soul which has for so many years dwelt in it or used it as its minister. The body is meant to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, and because of the sanctity and the purity of their lives, their bodies truly became and remain dwelling places of the Holy Spirit. A number of us from this parish were very blessed in the last uh, week or so to visit the Holy Mountain, Mountain, Mount Athos. And there we were, one of the many, many blessings that we were able to experience was indeed this reality, which here in America we don't often have the blessed opportunity of venerating the remains and the relics of the saints. If I, got, if I began to number them off and name them, we'd be here quite a long time because the holy monasteries have preserved their remains, as, of course, throughout the world churches have. But we could name just a few. St. Stephen, the first martyr, we were able to venerate him. The foot of St. Anna, the mother of the Theotokos, remained <clears throat> and relics of St. George, St. Demetrius, the great martyrs, St. Marina, St. Theodore, on and on and on. Not only venerating the holy relics in which the Holy Spirit still resides as evidence of the general resurrection to come, keeping these relics here present with us, even gushing myrrh and fragrances, but able to walk on the holy spots of saints as well visiting such places as even the hut of the recently canonized St. Paisios the Athenite, touching even the scarf which he always wore. We forget that the relics of the saints work miracles, even more so after they have passed on do they remain with us. We read in the scriptures many times that even the bones of the prophet Elisha raised a child from the dead. The handkerchiefs of St. Paul was passed around in order to heal diseases. And people longed to just pass under the shadow of St. Peter to receive grace and healing. The veneration of the holy relics in which the Holy Spirit still resides is something that we have been doing for centuries and something that is precious. And the Holy Spirit indeed is still With them. This is why every single holy table in the altar throughout the Orthodox world has the relics of the martyrs because the church is founded and built upon their very blood and their sacrifice. We know that we are to preserve the temple, which is our body, pure. The saints did this, and the Holy Spirit remained in them. We know that this temple is so holy 
that St. Paul says that God, if we destroy this temple, God will destroy us. This is why we honor the body. We respect the body. This very body is the one that is going to rise from the grave on the last day as our Lord was buried and cared for with love and with spices and anointments. This is what we do to us. This is why we do not destroy our bodies. We do not cremate in our church. If we did this, we would never have the relics of the saints. And we wouldn't attest and we wouldn't confess the resurrection from the dead to which we all long and look for as we confess in the creed. This temple God has given us, this temple is to be treated as sacred and holy. And we look to the saints who led pure lives, sanctified this temple, and so the grace of the Spirit remains in them. And so we venerate them, we go to them, we kiss them, and by doing these things, we too are sanctified. Every chance we get to venerate the holy relics of the saints, we should do so. Sainthood and holiness is the yearning for perfection. And sometimes we forget that the saints, indeed, were ordinary people, like you and me, who strove for perfection and sanctity. As the Lord said, be perfect as I am perfect. Be holy as I am holy. Someone once rightly pointed out the following. If we see such holiness only in our Savior, Jesus Christ, and not in his people, that is, the saints, we may be disposed to consider holiness as an impossible ideal, which we imperfect humans can never attain. We learn best when we see concrete examples of how to live the life of Christ in the world today. This is why the saints really are and should be a challenge to us. They can shake us out of our complacency with our mediocre way of following Christ. I speak so much about the saints today because I was just in contact with so many of them, but also, of course, it's all saints. And every single year, it's the Sunday after Pentecost that we remember the entire synaxis, the entire gathering of the saints, especially those who have gone through history unknown and unnamed. It is because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes saints. The saints make themselves receptive vesicles, vessels and vehicles to his grace, and they are sanctified by him. So it is very logical that the church on the Sunday after Holy Pentecost celebrates those who have received the Holy Spirit and borne the fruits that he worked in their lives. We see that the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of fire, even though fire's natural tendency is to go upward. And that fire comes to rest upon humans who are made of clay and of earth in order to raise them upwards, even though the earth's natural tendency is to go downward. This is the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit And the Holy Spirit makes saints who arise to God in their way of life. God descends to make us ascend. The Holy Spirit comes down to raise up and make all of us saints 
to be seated with God in heaven. We know the saints are the friends of God, as King David says in the psalm, but to me exceedingly honorable are your friends, O Lord. The saints are the foundation of the church, the perfection of the gospel, they who fulfilled indeed the sayings of the Savior, as one of the hymns of today's feast says. We read in 1 Corinthians, Even if you should have countless guides in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Therefore I urge you then, be imitators of me. This is what St. Paul is writing. For this reason I am sending you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you of my ways in Christ, just as I teach them everywhere in every church. You see what this great saint says. Look to my example. Be imitators of me, because I imitate Christ. This is why we look to the saints. This is why we look to the many thousands and thousands, not millions and millions, of those holy men and women and children who were living gospels themselves, who received the words of Christ and received the Holy Spirit and lived out the words of Christ in their own unique manner. And so we can look to each one of them, be touched by each one of them, and find something that we find in common with each and one of them, to be inspired to live the gospel out in our own unique way in our walk with Christ. And moreover, the saints are our family, and so we need to, as one person said again, dust off our family album to look at them, study them, read about them, learn from them. We must resurrect the memories of Christ's friends who are his saints by looking to them. There are so many so-called role models and examples out in this world which really lead away from Christ. The greatest models that we have, we know, are the saints. Let us then be edified and inspired by the great things that they accomplished in Christ's name. This vast army spread out throughout all time and space, but rooted in eternity. Jesus promised that those who believed in him would do even greater works than he did. And this promise, of course, has come true in the lives of the saints. So let our curiosity be roused to learn about these incredible people. We have really no excuse these days. So many books have been published on their lives in our language that a few decades ago were not available. So many lives of the saints that we can read, whether the lengthy version or even a paragraph a day, whatever it might be to inspire us so we might learn from them. So the divine apostle Paul recounting the achievements of the saints and setting forth their memorial as an example that we might turn away from earthly things and from sin and emulate their patience and courage in the struggle of virtue says this to us. Therefore, since we are indeed surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. To God, who is wonderful in his saints, be the power and the glory 
Amen.